0: Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Uh, We're happy that you're joining us today as we continue to talk about so many different Catholic topics. My name is Father Daniele. I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan. Hello, sir. Welcome to you, Josh. Thank you. And we have exciting news about our broadcast colleague over here. I know. Hey, this is Matt Van Milligan. Matt Van Milligan, welcome to you. Hello. Now the father of five. <laughs> now the father of five. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, so last week, if our viewers noticed, maybe they didn't, uh, we didn't have an episode because Matt and his wife, Teresa Marie, had their fifth child. So yeah. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. a Rose. And I think for those watching on YouTube, they're going to see a picture yeah. of Anna Rose yeah. and she's so cute. Mm-hmm. Hey? Yeah,
1: she is cute. Yeah, so yeah. congratulations. Thank you. How is everyone Thank doing? You. Uh really well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're uh yeah, just over a week in and yeah, happy healthy. That's good. Yeah. So hey. for those of
0: who don't know, you have four boys. Yes. And then Anna Rose, yeah. first girl. Yeah. Dynamic shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big shift. Yeah. But Teresa Marie is having a great time dressing her up. Eh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, congrats. Yeah. And we have uh, been praying for uh, your family and uh, for Anna Rose. And on a personal note, I can't wait to baptize her. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think you're going to choose anyone else. Yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Putting them all on the spot on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right on the podcast. <laughs> no you're the plan? Yeah, okay, I'm have the, the plan.
1: Godparents selected, everything's uh
0: Okay, yeah. good. Uh speaking of baptizing, you see what I'm going to do here?
1: Oh yeah. It's, yeah it's the
0: season of Advent and we are oh, right I into understand. the swing of things with Advent and we're talking about not baptism, but we're talking about the OG baptizer, <laughs> the original <laughs> baptizer, John the Baptist. That, that was Almost smooth. Almost, Almost smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm you. losing it in my old age. But <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're already into the second week of Advent, right? Yeah. So we have heard from on the second Sunday of Advent, this gospel, you know, I love this gospel. John the Baptist comes out and he's like, the kingdom of heaven is near, right? So repent. He's telling people to yeah. repent. And and it's so funny. Like I read this gospel and I laugh because it's like, okay, he's calling people and people listen. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're kind of like, oh, well, what's going on over there? And they also come for baptism. And then comes that biblical insult. eh? (laughs) He calls them, you brood of vipers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just so cool because (laughs) uh, they're there for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but John the Baptist, you know, got me thinking. John the Baptist is such a, a great character in the Bible. Uh, He has lots to do with uh, our relationship with Christ and preparing ourselves, and is the perfect person to reflect on for the season of Advent. So we're going to talk about John the Baptist today, and there's so much to talk about, so I'm going to stop talking, and we're going to pass it to Josh, because before we even get to John the Baptist, there's so much that happens before John the Baptist is actually born. So to give some context to John the Baptist, his parents are... Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. That's right, and that's kind of the
2: that's kind of where the story starts. And actually, if you look at the Gospel of Luke, that's where Luke starts his gospel is with uh, the story of John the Baptist, but specifically Zechariah. And so, to understand when you read the Gospel of Luke and you talk about what Zechariah was doing at the time, so you go through it. It's in the uh, first chapter of Luke. And he's talking about Zechariah as a high priest, not a high priest, sorry, just a priest. And every two weeks out of the year, he would have to go and do his duty. And so he'd come, and one of his duties as priest, would, he would you know, do the sacrifice and do, offer up prayers, collect things, whatever the case may be for the temple. And then at this particular time, they cast lots— and one of the priests would have to go in beside the Holy of Holies. This is where God, they believed to God to reside. And it even was so sacred that there would be at a point where the high priest was the only one allowed to go into the Holy of Holies once a year on Yom Kippur. And they would tie a rope or a chain around his waist in case he saw the face of God and got struck dead. And they could drag him out so no one else would have to go in there. Like that was how... Um, Mystical, or how how powerful and how um, specific this celebration was. Now, he wasn't going into the Holy Holies. He was going into this place right next to the Holy Holies, like the room right next to God. And he was going to offer up the prayer and the evening sacrifice for the people. So the evening sacrifice... Which going, was the
0: custom of the time. Exactly. And, and the people were
2: gathered outside. So they all gather up. It says multitudes of people. So yeah. all these people gather outside. And then the one priest, they cast lots. And these priests come for two weeks out of the year to do their priestly duty duties, but only once in their entire lifetime do they ever get to go and offer the prayers of incense before God. And so this, they cast lots, he gets chosen. So this is like the biggest time of his life. He's going into this place and he's inside that temple um, offering up prayers to incense and all the people are outside praying and saying, Lord, hear our prayer that he is offering up to us. And the angel Gabriel
0: appears to him. To Zechariah. To Zechariah. Yes.
2: And then says the words that they kind of say. Now, before that happens, he says a couple things. So if we're going through the gospel there. You have it there, Father. But he says to him, um, okay, I got all the papers here. Give me a second. Okay. So Lord <laughs> appears and says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight and so on and so forth. Kind of goes on, talks about the Holy. Oh, actually, because we're John the Baptist, we should keep going with that. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born
0: before he's born this is the angel talking to Zechariah about About John John the the Baptist
2: Baptist, yeah Yeah. and he will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and disobedience to the wisdom and of the righteous and to make a people prepared for the Lord Make wow. ready a beautiful pur- 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the cool parts here, just to break it down just a little bit, this is the fun part that I really get excited about because I just found this all out. Okay. So he does all this and then the angel so Zechariah says, okay
0: how can I be sure of yeah, this? He's, he's confused. It, it, it did say he was terrified at the sight of the angel. Yeah, And yeah. then he
2: says he's confused. And so he says, how can I be sure of this? First of all, I'm an old man. My wife My wife's is old. well along in years. Yeah. You know, like this is not going to happen. There's, you know, we have Abraham kind of referencing back Abraham, Sarah, same kind of thing when angel came to them and all this stuff. Um, and the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. Bam.
0: Yeah. that's
2: weird. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so, Hey, I'm going to do a prophecy. I'm going to, you know, tell Matt, you know, you're going to have a little baby girl, and everything. Else. And how do you know that I am Josh? That doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense because you have to remember now, Gabriel at now to us, we recognize that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary repaired to Joseph and appeared to Zechariah, but it only appeared four times in the whole entire Bible. And we know now that the angel Gabriel is the mouthpiece of God.
0: Yeah. And, and I think people, sort of skip over that part of the gospel Luke, you know, because if you ask people, who did Gabriel appear to? Yeah. I don't think anyone would remember that he appeared to Zechariah. Zechariah. Yeah. Yeah. But I like what you said when he says, I am Gabriel. Look what he says right after he says that. Yeah. I stand in the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah and bring you this good news exactly
2: yeah and so he's, he's telling them like it's kind of cool he's telling he's announcing who he is yeah but at the same time he's giving his name he, he i mean if we think about it why is the name gabriel important because he could have just said i'm an angel of the lord or i speak on behalf of god mm-hmm. or something to those effects right yeah no, but he doesn't he says i am gabriel because gabriel's only mentioned one other time in the bible and that becomes all the way back to daniel and so in daniel it's at the time where they kind of, uh, the Babylonians came in, sacked the place, and we remember Daniel standing up, and Daniel's in the lion's den, that Daniel, okay? He's there, and he's doing his prayers at night. And again, so it says this, so he he was basically praying, and according to the, word, I'm just read it, according to the word of the Lord given to the prophet Jeremiah, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And if you go through it, that's Daniel's nine from one till we're, we're going to do the whole chapter basically but it's it's just basically his prayer for the people for the israelites saying hey you promised us land you promised us a king you promised us descendants and we just got sacked like basically we thought we had it because we had the promised land and we had a king david and we had all and then all of a sudden we just like you kind of took everything away from us we're at that point where this is not looking too good and so he's like basically praying okay well, how long is this going to last how long is it going to last in exile and he says while praying and professing, uh, sorry, while speaking and praying, confessing my sins and the sins of the people of Israel, making requests to my God for uh, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I'd seen in an earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. So Daniel's actually doing the same thing. He's offering up the people of God, the same thing that Zachariah is doing, and offering up the prayer at the time of the evening sacrifice, offering up these prayers, and Gabriel appears. And Gabriel says to them, Um, He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. 77 77s or 70 weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgressions, to put end to sin and the atonement of the witness. And it kind of goes on talking about to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place and know and understand this from the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the holy so until until the anointed one the ruler comes there will be 77s and 627s he's just throwing numbers out there but at that there will be it will be rebuilt in the street and trenches and after 627s the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing so like yeah. these are kind of he goes on to prophesy about the Messiah.
0: I like the similarity between, you know, Gabriel showing up to Daniel when Daniel was doing the same thing that Zechariah doing. Gabriel dad. showed up to Zechariah when he was doing the same thing, like exactly. the parallel here. So it's really amazing.
2: That's really cool. And so and what did he say? He said, Hey, you're gonna like no, the Messiah's not coming for a while. Right. Right? That's basically what he says to him. He says, mm-hmm. and when he does come, this is what's gonna happen, and prophesies about the Messiah. Well, then he appears again. And so, what you have to understand about this is if you break this down a little bit, Angel- Zachariah is asking him, What is Zachariah actually doing at that time? He's not praying about his wife having a kid necessarily. I mean, it does kind of come around to that. And I'm sure in his own personal prayers, that's what he's offering up. But he's going in the one time in his whole entire life where he's going in to offer the sacrifice for the people. All the people are outside. And so he's doing his job as a priest. He's offering up on behalf of the people their prayer about the Messiah, about like, come and save us, Lord God. And the angels appears and says those words again. So again, let's just say that a little bit differently. He, get, he appears and says... Um, sorry, (laughs) where it is. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Stop. Yeah. Then he says, your wife will bear a son and you are to call him John. There's another part of that whole thing. There's two. When Gabriel appears to Mary, she says, hey, he says, sorry, hey, all this stuff is going to happen. And to prove it to you, go see your cousin Elizabeth. She's having a son. Like, because kind of like, I'm giving you a lot of stuff here. Go see Elizabeth because she's having a son. And that's kind of going to show you that what I'm speaking is true. You know, like not not that you don't have faith, but just Mm -hmm. go do that. He does the same kind of thing here. Your prayer has been heard. Well, what prayer was he praying at the time? He wasn't praying for a son necessarily. I mean, that's putting a little bit of words in his mouth, I'm sure. But at the time, he was offering up evening sacrifice, the evening prayer, which was send your Messiah, come to us, Mm -hmm. come save us from the exile. You know, like that kind of thing. Your prayer has been heard, full stop, boom. And I sing on the cake, your personal prayer has also been heard, you know, like, and so we can offer that.
0: So now why? Okay. So Gabriel's yeah. busy here. Gabriel's <laughs> yeah, talking to everyone. It. Yeah, you talking know, to it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. The, Gabriel says, you will have a son and name him John. Now this is a problem later because when, you know, John loses, or, sorry, Zechariah loses his ability to speak Yeah. Uh, in the first chapter of Luke. And they go to name their son John, or they go to name their son, yeah. who becomes John, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the family starts to ask him, why would you name him John and not yeah. after his father? It's, it's so crazy that this is actually mentioned in the Bible because
2: why are we having this little family squabble? Yeah. Like, why does this even occur? It's because, and they, and they, they, say to her, there's no one among your relatives that has that name. Like there's, you should not be naming your kid this. And so in disbelief, because John can't, I mean, because Zachariah can't really speak at this time. So for those of you who don't know the story, he goes in the temple, this all happens and he can't actually, um, he can't speak anymore. So he comes out. Well, the cool thing is she has the baby and after she has the baby, he still can't speak. So his disbelief wasn't necessarily about the baby John because baby was already born and 60 days or 80 days after i can't remember exactly what it says there is that is when they're announcing it in the, oh the eighth day they came to circumcise the child so this is the eighth day after they're going to circumcise him he says she the, the mother spokes up and says no he's to be called john they're a freak out and they made signs to the father who found out what he would like to name the child and he asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's established uh, astonishment he wrote his name is john those are the words of the angel, right? Mm-hmm. You shall name him John. So he does that. Immediately,
0: his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. He began to speak, and Well, praise God!" And with this canticle of Zech- uh, Zechariah yeah. that we pray every day in the liturgy of the hours. You know, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, has looked with favor yeah, on yeah. his lowly servants. You know, so that's the the cool part about this is it's yeah. not when
2: he it's when he names him John that all of a sudden he gets regained. It's not when the baby's born. Like, right. hey, you got disbelief that you can't mm. have a baby. Well, they hear it like the baby's born. His faith is restored it's when he named him john because he should have been named to follow in the line of his father Zechariah. so it should have been little zachariah if you want to think of that way so zachariah should have named his son Zechariah, who would have went on to become a priest in the old tradition offering up sacrifice for god waiting for the people and so in john in zachariah naming his son john a non-family name completely outside of the realm that's where he actually named John the Baptist. Whoa, tradition is done now. We're
0: naming him John. Yes, he's not going to be a priest like his father. Exactly. His role here is something the completely different. The one to prepare the way of the Lord. And
2: that's and that's where Zechariah. So the canticle of Zechariah is actually, he says his name is John, and then he goes on to the canticle. Yeah. The priests pray that every single day. We're renewing these this awesome faith that Zechariah had yeah. without. Like He doesn't know that Mary's pregnant or that the angel Gabriel came. He is mentioning the time is now, Messiah is here. Zechariah is the first one, and then John the Baptist, through the birth of his son, John the Baptist, John the Baptist picks up that torch and becomes the actual person to... in fullness take this
0: word and run with it right and that's what he says he says you know you child speaking to his son his new son that he's just named john will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the lord to prepare his way yeah it's beautiful thing Mm -hmm. okay so now john the baptist Baptist is born and so we know that mary and elizabeth are cousins okay so uh John and Jesus are cousins. I don't know how the family tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like first cousin once removed, or whatever. I think through Mary's line yeah. Uh, is yeah. But yeah. and there's actually an actual. So John grows up now. What we know about John now. John is followed in the in the script uh, in the um, Gospels. Yeah. Obviously, you know there's some mention of him in the letters afterwards. You know what John had told us to do. Now he's the front runner, right? The forerunner. He's the one preparing the way of the Lord. But he's kind of like this, like wild character. Okay? Yeah. Like the gospel describes him as like you know like like I almost picture like a caveman, you know. <laughs> yeah, when I picture yeah. John the Baptist, yeah. and he eats locusts and wild honey, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so w- w- his mission, he and he, he goes out to the wilderness. Yeah. Like he goes out into the wilderness to proclaim the prophet, the coming the, the last, coming of Messiah.
2: The yeah. last part there says, "A child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared." publicly to Israel. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, it, it tells you his whole entire 30 years of his life in one sentence there. John didn't live out as a priest or the son of a priest, if yeah. you will. He went out to the desert, but he was strong in spirit, meaning he didn't falter. Like he didn't just leave the faith. He was strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting that like, <clears throat> as, as you said, like John is an anomaly for all of the like the people that we encounter in the gospel, like a, a lot of the other people who come and talk to Jesus or talk about Jesus or, you know, ha- have something to say are usually fit into these like tidy little groups that are like that uh, we, we talked in previous episodes of like, you know, you have the Pharisees, the Sadducees, like this group of people had this particular expectation about who the messiah was who the messiah was supposed to be you know whether it was you know the pharisees the yeah. messiah is going to bring resolution to every All dispute the among the laws yeah um you know the sadducees or like even the he's going to be a warrior he's going to be a fighter yeah, yeah. or the, yeah the the uh, the maccabeans the zealots yeah. that like that you know the messiah is going to be a military leader there was also another group called the essenes that's that's not mm-hmm. as, as popular um um that you know uh took Isaiah seriously. It's like they went into the desert, desert to live, you know, an extremely ascetic lifestyle yeah. um as a, like in an attempt to accelerate the coming of the Messiah <laughs> because these are the conditions that the Bible lays out for you know, the, the, gotta uh, go live in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of people try to put John the Baptist into one of these groups to yes. say that you know he's uh, well, his father
2: um, was this, so he must have been that. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So
1: like by distinguishing him from you know Zechariah as you know yeah. he's just going to become a priest in in, in kind of the the order, the, yeah, right. the the normal administration of priestly duty in yeah. in the temple. Um, but you know he has we find out later in a number of gospels that he has disciples of his own, which yes. is very Pharisaic. He lives this extremely ascetic lifestyle, uh, which is which is very Essene. Or um but again, he's he's associated with all of these traditions. Um but, but he is, is none he's of outside of uh, yeah. like he's yeah. he's his own thing. Um he's uh, very Catholic that way. <laughs> <laughs> Part of everything. Universal. Um, yeah, but and and like even even what you said like our 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 first encounter of John's public ministry is it's like Repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> yeah. you're preparing the way. Um, and it's like, again, the complete opposite of our association with that kind of turn or burn message. Yeah. But it's like it's somebody shouting on a street corner with a cardboard sign saying this. And like, yeah. no one is stopping to hear more. Yeah. In John's case, and just like, everyone's lined up. Yeah. Everyone is. Because he was held as, uh, again, like, um, even even from other traditions, even other historians, John was held up as... Um, as a, a rabbi as, as a teacher who had extreme or like very, very highly regarded authority. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so like the, the in some gospels, it, it it varies how John speaks about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I believe in the gospel of John, uh, John the Baptist sees the spirit descend upon mm-hmm. Jesus, right? And proclaims like, this is the son of God, right? Uh, in the, in the gospel of Mark though, I don't think he's as, you know, clear uh, that yeah. you know that happens uh, in in Luke uh, and Matthew, like especially. Okay, I think it's it's Matthew chapter eleven, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 see John preparing the way of the Lord. He's telling people to repent because the Messiah is coming. He's yeah. pointing towards Jesus. Then all of a sudden, in Matthew eleven, like uh, I skipped a bunch of parts there. Like John gets arrested, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's in prison, yeah. and in Matthew eleven. He sends his disciples that you mentioned because yes. John has yeah. his own disciples, yeah. and he sends his own disciples to Jesus, right? And they ask him, "Are you the one we're looking for, or are, do we await for another?" So where yeah. what what the heck is going on?
1: Okay, so um, a lot of people, and like this is one of my kind of not not pet peeves, but like uh, interpret this as John is doubting. Who Jesus is um, and this is completely out of character for who John is yeah. up until this point like John is actually the first one to recognize Jesus as a Messiah um, in utero yeah, I was right. say, like, like when he leaps, jumps in, leaps, the leaps in the womb, yeah. in the womb yeah. of and, yeah. and like all of his uh, his words like in the beginning yeah. of, of the Gospels is like one is coming who is greater than I like there, yeah. there's no doubt no. in in you know the the rhetoric and the 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 um, the words that he's using, um, so it, again, that he's participating in a number of these traditions while well, being kind of distinct from it. The fact that he has disciples um, is that he's, you know, engaging in that Pharisaic mode. Um, and um, there's probably a short version of this story, um, but okay. So <laughs> but you won't <clears throat> tell us that. Part. Okay, yeah. so in in the Pharisaic <laughs> tradition, there are very very few rabbis who have the authority to make. These series proclamations to make new teaching. So in the uh, Gospels, yes. when you hear Jesus say something like um, "You have heard it said," but I say to you, you yep. could only only make those interpretations and only offer those te- teachings if you were the highest level of authority of a rabbi. Um, um, and the only and I think uh, in the 150 year period around kind of the events of of the Gospels, um, there were only four or five of these rabbis um, and arguably john the baptist is one of them um, yeah. because um, the only way that you would get this kind of authority is that two other rabbis with this authority would recognize it in you um, and um, they take the <laughs> the baptism in the jordan as the event where that authority is in, in a human yeah. way, in human capacity is given to jesus because you have john the baptist and the second w- witness is the voice of God himself. Right. So This is my beloved son. Yeah, yeah. interesting. See, the other yeah. part... Pre- oh, so... Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. that, that's just like the the preamble for yeah. uh, Matthew chapter 11. Because um, uh, one of the ways that these these rabbis would teach is that they wouldn't just... It, it wasn't kind of Greek philosophy. It wasn't just kind of this metaphysical, I'm going to give you all these answers and there's going to be a test at the end yeah. kind of thing. It's like, no, you give them questions. Um, and you don't just give them all the answers. And... You you test your teaching against other rabbis, so you send your disciples yeah to other rabbis to ask them questions yeah and bring back the answers the answers and then you have a discussion with your rabbi and it's it's this really yeah yeah, um, yeah you makes know, you're not just given the answer you're given the question so that the answer actually becomes your own yes um so that that. That's, That's the what context. John is doing That's here. what he's doing. He's so, sending his
2: apostles, I mean his disciples, to go and ask Jesus, to, so they the can come to, back yeah. and they can discuss are you, it.
1: Are, are you the yeah. one who who were to expect, or should we wait for someone else? Yeah. What does Jesus say? He quotes Isaiah. He yeah. says, you know, um, uh, the lame walk, the, um, yeah. the deaf hear, <laughs> the, uh, the blind see. Now's um, the time. And then, yeah. blessed are those who do not fall away from me on account of this. You're like, that all seems like good news. Yeah. So like, why why would he say that? Again, yeah. he's he's participating in this very— Riddle game. Yeah, a very, very kind of rabbinic way of teaching yeah. um, to say, okay, well, he's quoting Isaiah, because Isaiah in, in numerous points is like, when the Messiah comes— Yeah, this is what's going to happen. Lame, the lame will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, all of these things. He's like, but in the—in um, Isaiah, it was like, and he will set the prisoner free, is kind of tagged onto—so— Basically, the disciples are asking, if you're the Messiah, why is John in jail?
2: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: John, you know, yeah. again, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine him actually doubting Jesus. Who, who Jesus yeah, yeah. actually is, but for the sake of his disciples is sending them to say, yeah. this isn't what the Messiah is. This isn't, we're, we're not expecting a military victory here. We're not yeah. expecting, a, you know, a reestablishment of the priestly order. We're not yeah. expecting, we're expecting...
0: And Jesus is saying, "Yeah, like yeah. listen, look the at a every- crucified king." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and and John in this many ways prefigures
0: that, that. And I like that how yeah. because, it, like in the response to that, Jesus in, in Matthew at least, you know, Jesus is like, "To what?" he kind of finishes that conversation. He says, to what shall I compare this generation? Yeah. He's like, it's like people who are in the marketplace asking for you play the flute, but then they won't dance or you do that. Yeah. Cause yeah, he yeah. says like you, you're looking for someone to come. Uh, and then like John wasn't good enough for you. Yeah. And you said, this man comes eating and drinking it to, to the Messiah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like saying like, yeah. what is going to make you happy? Basically is yeah. what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like, he's kind of talking to those disciples that John sent and he's giving this, yeah, that's really cool. Um, okay, uh, so John is is obviously has caused some trouble yeah. in his ministry, right? In his life, he, he shook things up. He shook things up. Yeah, hence why yeah. he's in jail. Mm-hmm. He has his own following. Uh, now let's to the famous story of John's death. Sure, because that's also important, mm-hmm. right? Like as uh, a sort of leading, uh, sort of as part of the whole story of Jesus, right? Yeah. So he's a threat. Yeah. He's a threat to Herod, right? And and who is King Herod? So this is something that I think that I uh, why is
2: he a threat to Herod? That I mean uh, like some guy coming up and talking to one of our politicians today and just saying, "Hey, you're you're not, you know, right." That doesn't seem to do anything as a king. But if you understand the story behind Herod, this is where the Maccabees get important. So Mm -hmm. I only realized this because I knew all the stories in the Bible except the Maccabees, and it just never never seemed to make sense to me. So looking into it, the story of the Maccabees and how that kind of came about, well, Herod basically took over at that time of Maccabees, and he married into the Jewish tradition, if you will, and took over as king. So he's the king of the Jews, although he's not really Jewish. Does that make sense? He, yeah, he's
1: more of a civil authority. He's a civil, a authority. Judean civil authority. Exactly.
2: Than, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and and so and so, who Herod is is he doesn't really hold his yeah. place mightily or strongly in this. Yeah. He he kind of snuck it off. Now that's and there's four Herods I believe around the time of Jesus. Yeah, and so um, there's the first one who actually did who stole yeah. the throne, if you will, and then everybody after that, and they each have their own weird, twisted way of looking at things. Um, but this one in particular is the one that like. So he's threatened by John the Baptist. The other part about this is that if you're looking at the line of John the Baptist, John the Baptist actually came from a direct descendant. It talk about, talks about at the very beginning of the Bible that his mom, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron, hmm. the mouthpiece of Moses. Yeah. So he's, he's the mouthpiece of God. Like Aaron. Moses was the guy who performed all the miracles, but, you know, so, that, so that's, and now Jesus is a direct descendant through Joseph of david and so and so because of this now like this is a real threat from both moses's side of and the john the baptist and jesus coming down from the line of king david to king herod's rule and that's why it kind of like these are cousins that are you know and specifically though john the baptist decides
0: to take this fight head on yeah um so herod puts him in prison right then there's that famous story right like it's uh In Mark chapter 6, if people want to look it up. In Matthew chapter 14, if people want to look it up, um, they tell the story of... uh the, uh, the the queen's um, yeah the queen the queen, daughter, the queen yeah, I think it's ask for the, yeah. the head of John the Baptist on the platter. The queen wants
2: that because John the Baptist is speaking out against Herod and the queen. Right, right. I think that's what it's going on. And the, and the she's not happy. And the queen's not happy. And yeah. she
0: actually asks for
2: John the Baptist. So like she wants yeah. John the Baptist's head. And and Herod's like I can't do that. Like he's got too many followers. He's too powerful. Like I can't yeah. do that. And then she gets the daughter to dance for him or whatever the yeah. case may be. It yeah. impresses him enough that he's like, I will give you anything you ask for. Yeah. Up and to half my up to, kingdom. Up to half my yeah. kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And so she, through the influence of her mother, asks for John the Baptist head. Well, now he just said, I'm going to give you half the kingdom. Well, taking John the Baptist head is going to enrage a few yeah. people. And that could be like giving him half the kingdom. So he has to do what he said. And so he does. He takes... You know, he kills John the Baptist, beheads John the
0: Baptist. Yeah. And interestingly enough, Luke, yeah. Luke just tells us briefly in chapter nine, uh, just says like Herod, be, Herod beheaded. Herod who, who, beheaded who, who beheaded John the, the, ba- John the Baptist, Baptist. was interested give, in Jesus. Yeah it, yeah. it doesn't give the whole story of like, no. the how it got there and whatever. But funny enough, all three gospels tell that story right before the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of them tell that story. So if you're looking at the scriptures, you can look. Uh, For that point now, uh, we're running out of time here because there's so much to say about John the Baptist. Remember, he's trying to prepare our uh, Us for the coming of Jesus. That's what the season of Advent is doing, Mm -hmm. right? But I just want to point out that because we were talking about disciples of John the Baptist like where what happened to the disciples of John the Baptist? Like did they become disciples of Jesus and the answer to that I would say was Mostly, yeah, mostly. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to uh, just reference uh, the Acts of the Apostles, uh, yeah. chapter 18. It says, there came to Ephesus a Jew named Apollos from Alexandria. He was an eloquent man, well-versed in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with burning enthusiasm concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. Hmm. Okay, that's chapter uh, 18, verse uh, 24. If we s- skip to chapter 19, Apollos and Paul are now having this interaction. And Paul says to him, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they replied, no,
1: we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. I mean, this, yeah. this part of the scriptures
0: <laughs> is just amazing, right? And then he said, uh, then what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And then Paul reiterizes that, right? John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him and that is Jesus. Yeah. And then after hearing that they all were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus.
1: It's really, mm-hmm. it's all, cool. it's it Paul yeah. lays hands
0: on them. The Holy spirit came upon them. So those are examples of some of the disciples of, Paul, of John the Baptist, um, becoming disciples yeah. of Jesus. And interestingly enough, like John the Baptist, like we think of these characters as isolated, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, there are, like, all, some of these characters have intermingled. Like, I think Andrew, like, which is an yeah, apostle of yeah. Jesus, was not a, a disciple of John the Baptist, Okay, right? Uh, so, like, I all these characters yeah, sort cool. of intermingle in yeah. the story, yeah, yeah. and it's really beautiful. It was just in the studying of John
2: the Baptist that all this stuff started popping up, and I realized how influential. Like, John, we were talking about this earlier on before the podcast. There are very few people that have their very own feast days I mean, um, solemnities. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and their, and their births are celebrated and their deaths, you know? Yeah. So, so in John the Baptist is one, like there's Jesus cause he's the son of God. There's Mary mother of God, but then there is John the Baptist whose whose
0: birth and death. Right. You said we're right. June 24th. Yeah. We celebrate the nativity or the birth of John the Baptist. Yeah. Right. And then I believe it's August 29th, 28th, 29th. Somewhere on there is the beheading.
1: Of John, John the Baptist. Baptist.
0: It's on the it's on the calendar, but yeah, the only three people uh, that we celebrate their births in the liturgical year, and that's Jesus, Mary, and John the Baptist. That's so
2: cool. Yeah. And the other part about that, we haven't even got into, and I don't think we have time. But like, John, basically, his image that he that he that we have of him. Is the image of Elijah? It kind of mm-hmm. comes word for word um, in the desert, eating the locusts and all that kind of stuff, with the camel skin and all. Like all that comes from Elijah. And the last, the very—if you look up the very last words in the Bible, the Old Testament—they're actually prof, uh, they're professing a prophecy about John. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send before you this person, Elijah. Right, the second. Uh, second coming of elijah which is to to proclaim the uh, coming of the messiah mm-hmm. and and it describes every reference to john after that in yeah. the new in the testament is referencing john towards elijah mm-hmm. meaning that he is and then even jesus said
1: yeah even jesus said like the, the esteem yeah uh, uh correct me if i'm wrong yeah um uh like there are very few people that jesus speaks of in higher esteem he says of 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 uh um, men born, of, born women. of women there's no one greater, no one greater, than, john. greater than john yeah happens, um, and he said and if you'll accept it he is the elijah that was set to come who is to come yeah, yeah. yeah. so chapter the, the, 11.
2: Yeah. jesus right there just proclaimed him to be one of the greatest men that have ever lived yeah. Yeah. and that to me just kind of says again in the catholic tradition he is a human god yeah. saved him jesus saved him through his blood and you know if, if you're listening and you yeah. don't quite understand the saints but that but that is that is But he is one of the greatest humans there like we should imitate his he was one of the first ones Mary gave her was the first one to give her. Yes, but John was one of the first to recognize Jesus. Yeah Do you know what I mean? And then not only that but with the canticle of Zachariah and the birth of John God Prophesied the Messiah's coming and then showed them that he was coming through the birth of John
1: Yeah, and which is kind of cool. Yeah, and normally we identify uh, Stephen in the yeah. in the Book of Acts, as, as the first Christian martyr, yeah. it's like which which makes sense. The first right. yes. like to actually die for the est- then established Christian faith, but like reaching back <laughs> uh, a little bit more, John the Baptist, arguably. Yeah arguably is that could be that too
0: okay so you make a good point that john the baptist you know he's preparing for the, he's preparing people for the coming of jesus he's uh, faithful uh, to god's mission for him he's a beautiful example for us as well to live our christian faith and i think really someone that journeys with us during the season of advent right so yeah. uh, thanks for this conversation on john the baptist there's so much more we could say so much. you know like the gospels During the season of Advent are talking about John the Baptist. There's lots to say. So I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, So if anyone has any questions or comments about anything we've said today about John the Baptist or any follow-up questions that maybe we didn't uh, get to today, you could send us an email at at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. Visit our website at thecatholicbuzz.com or you can leave a comment uh, on Facebook, Instagram. And anywhere else, we're on social media. We hope that you're having a happy Advent. And if you like this episode, you can share it also with people to learn more about John the Baptist. Or you could check out our season of Advent episode, which was episode 32 of our season one. So you can check that out, too. All right. So uh, that's all the time we have today. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.